yeah, I'm moving into some new spaces that I haven't been in before. And, you know, I've got 20 odd years experience in the hospitality retail sector and it's great to draw on all that experience, grit and now to, to throw it into something new that, that sort of energises me and gets me up and going in the morning. We love on Dirty Linen talking to people who've carved an interesting pathway in hospitality. There are so many different uh, sectors and ways that people can work and carve out the lifestyle and um, the business that they want. Our guest today has done a lot of different things. His name is Alastair Dobbs. He's been a restaurant manager, he's run a coffee company, and now he is at South Yarra Deli. Al, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thanks, Danny. It's a pleasure to be here. Really great to chat to you. So, of course, I think we've probably first intersected when you were running the pub down the road from me. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're up to these days. Sure. So, um, long story short, a hospitality and uh, retail tragic for life. Uh, started out running nightclubs, going through uni. Found I loved people, found I loved wine, wound up studying wine marketing and vineyard management, working at the Point and Langtons all the way back in the uh, 90s and 2000s, for those that uh, are as old as I am. And, uh, you know, worked my way through the industry, um, including yeah, major roles at, uh, as head of retail for coffee, owning my own businesses, um, and most recently, uh, like many of us, uh, dancing and pivoting our way through COVID. So most recently, uh, I suppose in the middle of the pandemic, found myself wanting a uh, wanting a challenge that was a little bit more interesting than just marking time while we waited for uh, COVID to pass by, and uh, managed to have a, a couple of Negronis and a, a steak with my old friend Rabbi, who we'd worked together uh, on and off for the best part of 20 years, and uh, decided that there was an opportunity in the heat and serve meal space. The Botanical Hotel had had to uh, do the do the good old-fashioned pivot that everyone else had had to do during lockdowns and was doing these amazing meals out to their regular customers through the uh, sliding door window on the Domain Road. They'd been picked up by a couple of retailers and uh, Rabbi, in his, uh, in his infinite wisdom, thought, you know what, I think these have got legs in the retail space. And, you know, a couple of Negronis later, in true hospitality fashion, I found myself uh, peddling ready meals to our grocers here in Melbourne under the Botanical Hotel banner. Sort of, I suppose, about uh, six or seven months down the line of the Botanical Hotels, we were, sorry, Botanical Hotel meals, we were arranged into about 30 grocers across Melbourne, Sequinas, Toscanos, Boccaccio, online um, aggregators like iPantry, Colab, Provador, and doing really well. Uh, at that point, we decided that uh, this has got sort of more legs and bigger wheels than we thought it might have, and we should try and take it nationally. Uh, but we also decided that we should um, add some elasticity to the to the brand, and uh, and we moved these meals to South Yarra Deli by Botanical Hotel, and uh, fast tracked that. I suppose another year. And we're at about 180 um, independent grocers across Australia, from Kalgoorlie to uh, Tawantan in Queensland, um, and also recently, most recently, ranged into Woolworths Metro here in Victoria. So it's a very exciting place to be. It's a very dynamic place to be. 
and I think we find ourselves in a, in a blue sky position that we wouldn't have been in if it weren't for COVID. Al, that is a really amazing rundown. And yeah, it's so, so great to hear how out of adversity can come a really dynamic and um, incredible business. It's, I guess, solving that dinner dilemma for people around the country. It's, um, yeah, I mean, Ravi Yanni, who owns the Botanical Hotel, as you say, you've worked together for a couple of decades on and off. He is very entrepreneurial and it's amazing the power of the Negronis <laughs> um, can really uh, get those creative juices going. But I mean, there's obviously it's so must be so different from those early days when uh, chefs making lasagna out of the pub kitchen and selling it out the front window to what you're doing now. It's all it's um uh, there must be a lot of compliance. There's obviously different packaging. Where, where are you actually making the meals, and what have you learned about that this different way of getting food to people? Yeah, great question. And you're right. It is um, completely different. So, yeah, I suppose, for want of a better term, we, we villaged the first iteration, which was really um, just keeping the doors open, keeping 60-odd staff employed, but, you know, taking all that intellectual property, all that, that chef knowledge, and putting into these beautiful meals for two. So then along comes the broader, more national opportunity which you know we, we, we tried once um, last year and as Mike Tyson says everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face and uh, yeah we, we took a bit of a uh, took a bit of a bloody nose away from the first iteration of our attempt to go national and what we learned from that was that um, consumers want convenience in the shopping aisle as well as convenience in the kitchen um, they really want a meal for one as opposed to a meal for two and uh, they had a particular price point in mind as well. We also learned that when we're putting together a meal and a product for the retailer, we're really selling to three different um, communities. We're selling to the, to the buyer of either the grocer or the group of grocers or the multi-store or, whoever, or the Woolworths buyer. We're selling to the deli manager who uh, may have been working for the store for 15 or 20 years and we're selling to the end consumer. So it really was quite a large process to take, uh, for example, a chicken leek and mushroom pie that had a butter puff pastry that was raw that needed to be put in a fan-forced oven for 30 minutes to crisp up. We had to take that meal, turn into a meal for one, that could actually be microwave ready in three and a half minutes. And so the work involved in, you know, pulling that recipe apart and reprogramming it was really significant. We also uh, did commissioned some independent market and data research by a company called BDA um, to give us some really good insights into, you know, what the consumer's after when it comes to packaging, so what wins on the shelf. Yeah, we did a lot of heat mapping, a lot of heat mapping work. Um, so we did a lot of data research, a lot of heat mapping work, all that sort of stuff, to allow us to reach to construct our packaging into a more uh, modern um, and you know direct to consumer saleable sort of piece of artwork. Um, we do a work with a manufacturing partner who is quite high end. Um, and had and has very exacting standards and being the botanical hotel and being the strength of brand that we had 
took us quite a long time to find that partner and we had to go through a national process of doing that, which during COVID, bearing in mind we did all of this during COVID, was quite a challenge. It was a lot of Zoom meetings, it was a lot of meals ferried across Australia. Um, it was really quite, uh, quite an interesting process, but arrived at an amazing relationship with an amazing producer that we work hand in glove with, spend a lot of time with. Um, they're, they're in our kitchen very regularly, we're in theirs. Um, and it's a, just a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Um, so I'm, one thing I will say is I <laughs> was a bit alarmed when you said they were meals for two and then I was relieved when you said they've changed to meals for one because I polished off the shepherd's pie all by myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, no, meals for one. Absolutely. And I think that one of the big things that uh, we learned from doing our, our uh, market research was that um, it's not just dinner for one. Now with the work from home in Sydney and Melbourne, the two largest markets in Australia, it's lunch for one as well. What have you learnt from this process just in terms, I don't know, what, what lessons have you learnt from this process, Al, that uh, I guess about the market, about how things have shifted after COVID? Um, and, and is there anything that you and Rabbi have been able to take back to the Botanical Hotel just in terms of, you know, marketing, the way that you interact with customers um, and, yeah, I guess feed people? Uh, what have we learned post-COVID? Uh, certainly learned that the consumer consumers' habits have changed permanently. Um, there's no doubt about that when it comes to food. Um, you know, I had a lovely lady phone me from the Mornington Peninsula who bought our meals from Red Hill Cellar and Pantry and just said, oh, they're beautiful, they're wonderful, thank you so much. You know, since COVID, we're a bit old, we're a bit, a bit more elderly, we don't need to have anywhere as, near as much, but we buy ready meals, you know, for three or four nights a week. And she said, I would never have done that before COVID, but now we feel safe and more secure and we know we can get a quality product, you know, amongst your meals and, and several other restaurants that have gone into this space. So we know that their you know, consumer habits have changed, which um, I guess can be a, a plus for us and can possibly be a negative for, for bricks and mortar. Um, so that's, that's one thing we've, we've learned. Uh, we've certainly learned a ton um, around interacting with, with supermarkets, with buyers, um, with what drives sales on the shelf. Um, and, and how to engage uh, with that side of the market, and that's been a pretty steep learning curve for us. But very good, we're always open to, to learning and, and open to challenges. Uh, you know, we always knew, and, and you know, having both had our own businesses previously, you've, if you've got a dream and a belief in something, you've got to stick to it, but you've got to keep that sort of pathway to that dream pretty nimble and flexible because the, the bumps and knocks are going to come along the way, whether they be in the form of COVID lockdowns or freight issues, logistics problems, whatever it may be. Um, we've learned the value. One of the things we've learned is the value of the Botanical Hotel as a brand. Um, it's, you know, we sell very well into, um, into Surrey Hills, Coogee, Wallara and Sydney. Um, Cottesloe in WA and, and the brand has recognition and traction there and it shows I suppose it reinforces you know what we know that, that investing in brand over the journey is super important and whilst you know you may you may not see an immediate return when you protect your brand and you reinvest in your people and your product you will over the longer journey um, what have we, I'm not sure what we've learned that we bring back to the hotel. 
but I think the attention to detail that, that we've both always placed as professionals into, into product and people does transfer directly into taking product out of the bricks and mortar, mortar four walls and placing it on shelves nation, nationally. So that attention to detail and that, that sort of passion we've got does transfer. Um, I'm not sure if that answers that question. Yeah, definitely. I mean, are there any dishes or recipes that you just that you're surprised that they've gone so well, or or conversely that they haven't done as well as you might have hoped? And have there been any dishes that you just have not been able to re-engineer for a ready meal? Uh, certainly, tuna mornay's been a, been a real struggle. I think that's had about um, I think we're about our seventh iteration of tuna mornay, and it didn't make the um, the first cut. Uh, our first release and as a just a good old fashioned Aussie I thought making tuna mornay was really simple but it turns out that when you're Sam Hopkinson and you're a really top chef that the techniques for going to his tuna mornay are amazing and my mum would never have known any of them although my mum made a pretty bag of tuna mornay um, those techniques were really hard to transfer to the manufacturing process um, in fact we've you know we've <laughs> I think we're about to taste, I'm hoping we're about to taste our last iteration of, um, of tuna water um, and, and, and get it right and then go to market. Um, I think one of the other huge um, learning curves has been, you know, getting food through shelf life testing and the amount of work that's involved in that and, um, you know, having to, we, uh, we have a 28-day shelf life on our meals and having to pass, um, you know, your meal through a five degree and an eight de- a five degree and eight degree testing process every seven days within that twenty eight day testing process is incredibly rigorous, and you know the attention to detail that has to go into production and re- initially recipe development and then production to get them through that process is quite incredible. Uh, that that's been a, a really steep learning curve and a real real eye opener and. You immediately see the value of, um, of resources like food scientists and food technicians, and, um, and it's very um, it's very different to a la carte cooking, so to speak, and the, the type of cooking we're used to. And but it's super interesting to see, you know, how we're still able to bring some soul and energy to, to food through that process. When you're um, testing. A shelf life over 28 days is is there some like techie way of doing that or do you literally have to put the product on a shelf for 28 days uh, it goes on a product for 28 it goes on a shelf for, for actually goes on a shelf for 35 days so there has to be a um, has to be a seven day variance in case someone leaves it in their fridge for an additional five to seven days after the after the best before um, but no it literally goes in a in a controlled cool room environment and then it's um, what they call plate tested uh, or plate count tested um, by, a, by a laboratory every seven days. So it's, it's pretty technical. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, so are you, what are you enjoying about um, this new strand to what you do, Al? Um, well, I think the new bit's really cool. It's really dynamic. Um, it, it was funny uh, in my last role, um, I did a, did my own performance review. I think you know, probably probably a month before COVID hit, and I, I'd written in the uh, big 
big corporate structure, you always have, you know, have a question, what would you like to achieve in the next 12 months? And I wrote in there, I'd like to develop and launch my own brand nationally. And, I, you know, I really thought that'd be, that'd be pretty cool in that coffee environment that I was working in. I thought, you know, I could see see how that's going to energise me and, and, and work for the business as well. And then, you know, COVID hit and everything changed. But, you know, I suppose 12 to 18 months down the track, I've actually... I'm actually doing what I had put in my performance review with another company. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm ticking that kind of professional goal that I really wanted to do. Um, I'm, you know, Rab and I have worked together previously and, and, I, and I love working with him and he's great. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, and, you know, I'm moving into some new spaces that I haven't been in before. And, you know, I've got 20 odd years experience in the hospitality retail sector and it's great to draw on all that experience, grit and now to, to throw it into something new that, that sort of energises me and gets me up and going in the mornings. And again, you know, our industry's taken a few knocks over the last few years, um, particularly in Victoria. So to be energised and be enthusiastic about, about our industry post that, I think is, is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, work-life balance is something that, you know, a lot of people started thinking really hard about over the past couple of years. With, with this sort of business, how are you able to structure your life and work? Uh, that's a super question. Um, flexibility is probably the key one. Um, I can, you know, I'm not so much based at the hotel as I am maybe out on the road. I'm able to work from home. I'm meeting, meeting buyers, meeting retailers, going to stores, so there's, there is the flexibility, you know, you, you've got to meet your, your customers' needs. That, that's the first and foremost thing. Um, but, you know, there, there's then flexibility to fill, the, fill the, the required gaps around meeting those needs. So, so work-life balance isn't really a problem uh, for me. And, um, you know, I think that one of the key things with work is if you are energised by it and you are excited by it in the morning, then it certainly makes work-life balance a little bit easier. Um, and you know what? Get cracking early in the morning because the early bird gets the worm. Uh, is the other is the other piece of the puzzle? Which meal is your favourite, Al? Oh, beef moving on an apple crumble are my two favourites. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, stick, stick to the classics. And I have to say, like. Like we obviously we, we regularly taste and test all our meals, and I am always amazed at how fantastic the meals taste. And and taste and flavours king. Like you know, you can have great shelf life, you can have great packaging, you can have a cheap recommended retail price, but if the product doesn't taste great, you'll never you'll never win the consumer over. And taste and flavour is absolutely king. I think our meals really hit the spot. They they look great. They they present great. Our mashed potato is, yeah, is super. Awesome. Well, congratulations on everything that you're doing. Um, and, yeah, it's really interesting to hear, yeah, I suppose your excitement about this new direction, definitely something that the, that the consumers are looking for and, yeah, really, really fantastic that you're levering, leveraging an existing brand, creating a new one and, yeah, like fulfilling your own performance review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always think back to that. So, yeah, no, it's, very, it's very exciting. It's very good. Yeah, nice one. Well, great to have a chat, Al. Really nice to catch up with you. Thanks for being part of Dirty Linen. My pleasure. Pleasure, Danny. Thanks for reaching out. It's wonderful. 
This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.